Hello everybody and welcome to TT Daily episode 12. It's the big one tomorrow, Steve Plater. Well, it's not really a big one. It's four laps instead of six, the senior, isn't it? Is this all you're going to talk about for this whole thing, Agro. this whole podcast, Agro. four lap senior? You know my feeling. Hey, listen, it's got to be. It's got to be. It is what it is, right? It's a weather problem and there's only so much time in a day, so yeah. Listen, today should have been the Supersport race. That got drowned out because of the rain. But, luckily for us, we've got a special guest here. Why don't you introduce him? The one and only Josh Brooks. Woo-woo! Now, if in, we had... In person. Yeah, if we had fans here, they'd all be Sorry, cheering. no, I should have changed that a little bit. Oh. The big TT fan. Massive TT fan. No, seriously, you, you just come along and you rent a house, I don't know where, down Bray Hill, I believe, or somewhere down there, and you just come across as a fan to watch. That's brilliant. Yeah, uh, when I was competing, I would obviously, um, I don't know if it's obviously, but uh, I'd stay in the, in the paddock where the riders uh, got access to. But then um, sponsors and stuff would come and they'd need somewhere to stay and we'd try and, um, you know, be good hosts and have a house that was nearby and entertain. And, and, um, and then when the years when I haven't competed, I've um, taken up the opportunity to take full advantage of our contact with the house and which, if someone wants to know, it's on Cronkbourne Road, which is just at the bottom of, um, of Bray Hill. Don't so tell people that. You're going to have all the fans there now. Ah, no one's going right. to be watching the race, and they'll be waving. <laughs> only got hey, two. I've got loads of mates. They'll all be around. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of houses on the street, so good luck finding <laughs> out which one's out. Number 12. <laughs> oh, it is number 12, everybody. There you go. <laughs> no, I, I don't know, but it could be a good guess. Um, I haven't actually looked. I just know it by the house and by the look oh, of it okay. rather than yeah, the number. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, take full advantage. We bring uh, like enduro bikes over and go and ride all the lanes oh, that sweet. are accessible to get to the best viewpoints. And yeah, I do like love the TT, whether I'm riding it or, or watching it. Right. So we'll talk about the senior, what your predictions are, how you think they're gonna, the race is going to run tomorrow. But before we do, like Steve said, massive TT fan. But where did your love of the TT actually start? Uh, my love of the TT started in 2009. I was riding for uh, Honda in the British Superbike Championship. It was my first year in um, British Superbikes. Mm -hmm. And um, as, as a rider for Honda, I was invited to come and um, spectate and, and be part of the Honda family sort of thing and, and what they did. And um, I really didn't pay. I knew of the TT, obviously, but I didn't really have any care for it or think of ever even riding it. Yeah. Um, and then I arrived um, and I actually shared the car from the airport with Phil McCullen, which at the time I had no idea who Phil was. I knew he rode for Honda in years before, but I didn't know he'd won races or the, the amount that he had and how famous he was. I didn't, I didn't follow any of the roads being, being coming up in mm -hmm. Australia. You don't, you don't know about it. So um, I had respect for him, obviously in the car, but I didn't know who he was. And, um, and then, yeah, and, and then years later, once you know all the history, you think, oh, actually, I, sh I shared yeah. the car with him. But, um, and yeah, I got to the, to the paddock and sort of walked up and all the atmosphere was familiar. You know, I could see my mechanics that I worked week in and week out with in BSB. I heard the engines running. I could smell the fuel and the tires. And, you know, the atmosphere was ele very electric straight away. And I kind of walked up and I had, because um, uh, I had the pass to come up through the pits and, stuff like that and I come straight up onto the where where all the bikes were ready to enter the circuit uh, like enter Glen Country Road and um, it was a live track when I arrived and a bike come like hauling my, hauling through yeah. uh, through the start finish area and I was just like it was almost like immediate I was like I'm going to do this it was like <laughs> literally within seconds of, of it all happening 
I, I was like, how come I didn't know about this before? It just sent such a, um, a like a resonance through my body of like all the things I was familiar with, but it was like a new version of anything. You know, I mean, like I thought I'd experienced everything there was to experience on bikes. Yeah. You know, from being a kid and learning, you know, wobbly the first time, and then getting the, the the sensation of having an engine and the acceleration and that thrill and you know doing a jump and getting airborne for the first time or getting your knee on the ground but i thought i'd got to a point where there weren't any more new experiences to be had in on two wheels and then i got here and it was like a whole new um chapter of of, of experience that could be achieved so i immediately was like thrilled by it so that's the difference between i guess me and you two there the fact that you come here and you see that and you go i instantly want to do that where most people go holy what the hell is going yeah. on there i want to stay away from that and i i understand that that method of thinking it's like um you don't do anything to the highest level in it from from zero to immediately at that level yeah you've got to go through a series of process so like i said when you first start you learn how to ride a bicycle and then um you get used to that and then you move to an engine and and, and it goes right the way through until you get used to 30 mile an hour and then 60 mile an hour and then 100 mile an hour you don't go straight to 100 you know you, yeah, you build yeah. up so for me, I, I'd, so like I said, I felt like I'd sort of peaked at, at all the different experiences you could have, but I was looking for that next set of thrills that you could be achieved. So that's why it was so appealing to me. But for the average person that hasn't gone through the process I'd gone through in my racing career, it would probably appear as being crazy or mm -hmm. too dangerous or, you know, let's not do it. It's, it's, it's yeah, just mental, you know, but I think it's the opposite of mental. It's, it's more calculated and, and understanding what you're doing and being methodical. It's, it's, it's quite the opposite of, of mental and crazy. Back then, uh, Neil Tuxworth was the boss of uh, Honda Racing. Do you think he was dangling a carrot, trying to get, knowing that you would be very interested? It, it's possible, but I very much doubt it. I, I, um, I actually had resistance because at the time I said to, um, I would I was interested in um, in doing the TT and I was immediately shut down with you don't need to do that you've got a career in the circuits you know that you've got no need to do it it's, and my attitude was it wasn't about a need to do it it's about a want to do it mm -hmm. you know what I mean I don't need to do anything apart you know obviously breathe sleep eat you know they're the things we need to do yeah but rest of the stuff you do is because you want to do it you know and and this was just another thing that had cropped into my knowledge of, of things available and uh, I felt like there was resistance there from from Neil and Harv and people like that they're like oh, I, you know this ain't for you you know just you know enjoy it come watch enjoy it and and that'll be that box ticked for you sort of thing so I, I'd be open-minded to think maybe he was trying to plant a seed but I, I didn't feel at any never there was a moment where I felt like that was what the motive was I felt like I was just here as, as a guest and then hope you enjoy yourself. Um, watch what we do and what happens, and it's another thing that you've, you've that we've done together as as a group. And and then then you be on your way, sort of thing. But it, it set a seed for sure. You know, you'd obviously been busy uh, in earlier years, Australian Championship, World Championship, and then coming to the British Superbike Championship. But TT wise, was it just because it was so different, a different discipline, obviously with it being a time trial and just you against the course, what, what was the main attraction? Um, I just think, like, because I had a, a motorcycle license before I even had a car license. Like in Australia, you can get it quite young. I think it's f 14 and nine months or something is when you can get your first uh, license to ride a motorcycle. 
Um, in case I got that wrong, I hope I hope that's right. Yeah, but it's something random. like that. Something in nine yeah. months, either fourteen or fifteen in nine months. So um, anyway, um, so I remember having a bike license even before I had a car license, and um, I, you could only ride a two fifty four stroke. Um, it was like a, a limit to what you could do with your learners. But um, but yeah, I was just always on a motorcycle and always on the road. And like I rode to work and rode home and, you know, I commuted, even though I was racing bikes as well, I did, I commuted and, and I did, I did spend a lot of time on the road, but um, I'd never combined the two. I sort of, even before I come to BSB, um, the idea of going to BSB was a bit like, oh, the tracks look a bit dodgy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I like how there's no runoff and, you know, because I'd come from Australia where you know, if you run off the track, you kind of just head off into the dust, <laughs> you know, and, and then when your bike slows down, you turn around and find your way back again. You know, there isn't, there isn't, there wasn't yeah. any, really anywhere that, that, that was scary because there's a wall or some sort of intimidating corner. It was all just about how quick you could get yeah. around. If you didn't make it, then, well, you just slid off, you know. So this idea of having short runoff and walls nearby, this was like really like mm-hmm. kind of scary to me. So the idea of coming to BSB was like, oh, I'd rather not. And then, as it turns out, my career just went that way, and I ended up in BSB, and then started racing the tracks. And um, but once you're in it, I mean, it, from a from a distance, you might look at it and think, "Oh, that's a bit intimidating." But once you get on the track and start riding, you think, "Well, this is what I've always done. I've just got to be more calculated. I've got to understand a new element." You know, what I mean, don't push into that corner where you could crash because, you know, you've got to push to a certain level. But you know, d- don't do anything daft because there's not enough runoff. And then the same thing applies here you've got to then add add further level of control as to what you're willing to you're willing to do and um i kind of thought the way i looked at it was so riding on the road on a public road um on a motorcycle is the most dangerous version of riding i can do Mm -hmm. and riding a race bike on a closed circuit is the most controlled safe version of riding i can do and the tt is somewhere in the middle because it's it's still controlled and it's still a public road but everyone's going the same way and there's marshals and there's you know i mean so i figured it's it's not as dangerous as when i ride on the public road and it's a bit more dangerous than racing on the circuit so it suited me i I, you know i'd made made peace with that in my head and sure it's dangerous but so is everything in life you know i mean i can't i can't restrict myself from doing all the things i want to do because there's a maybe in there Mm -hmm. so so fast forward a little bit what was that feeling like the first time you had that hand on your shoulder looking down Glenclutchery Road? What was that feeling when you got back after that first lap? Um, well, the first lap, the, se- the, the first lap on my own was the most scary lap it's I've funny ever, that, ever that done. It's just a big smile come across <laughs> your face as soon as yeah, I said yeah, that. Yeah, because I'm thinking about all the sensations. Like, so the first lap was um, the controlled, controlled lap, lap for newcomers. So that kind of felt a bit boring. I was like, yeah, I know this corner and I know that oh, corner. Wow. And, you know, I'm kind of looking past, I think it was Milky in front. Um, was he holding you up? No, not really <laughs> holding me up. But it was, it's like, you know, when you can't see through the corner because yeah. someone's in front. And if it's a new track, that's particularly intimidating because you can't see where you mm-hmm. want to go. So I was kind of like, oh, I know this bit's kind of. And I, I kind of get out of the way, Milky. I want to see. Not so much get out of the way as you're not quick enough, but kind of just go to the side so I can Let see, see through the up, apex. Yeah. And, you know, so I kind of had this very, what was felt like comfortable lap. And then we come into the pit and they were like, righto, now you're away on your own. I was like, oh, brilliant. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is scary. It completely I mean? changed. It, it just, it just like, I knew what all the corners were and what was coming up, but I, I'd never done them at speed. 
you know, I mean, I, you know, like it, it's, it's just like you go, I know it goes right, but is it, does it go right at 130 or does it go right at 135 mm-hmm. or does it go right at 115? You know what I mean? Like yeah. if I go in there at 130 and it's only 115 corner, that's dangerous, you know? So um, I just kind of like, I was like on and off the throttle loads because, you know, your brain's going, well, you know, it's a corner that goes to the right or, you know, it's a corner that goes to the left. But then you, there's this other part of your brain that's going, but how quick do we go? You know, where yeah. do we break? Do we break or do we keep the throttle on? And there's all these like to and fro in your mind as to what's right and what's wrong. So you kind of do a whole 20 minutes of whatever it is riding, consci- conf- uh, continually questioning yourself until you get to the start finish line again. And then all of a sudden this instant release of, of tension goes because you're back to the start and you know you've already got that log, that catalogue of, of yeah. information. And honestly, it's such a refreshing, and I had it again and again later on in, uh, with racing, because every time you come back, the first lap of each year is that same feeling. Obviously at a higher speed, yeah. but it's still, you still question yourself. You know where the corners are and the bumps are, but has the bump gotten deeper or has the bump gotten higher? Is the, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a strange sensation, but the first lap, that first free lap was the most dangerous, <laughs> scary lap I've ever done around here. When you started going fast or faster, what was the, you know, from obviously circulating and learning the course by car yeah. or however you did it, what was the biggest shock once you got up to pace? Was it the jumps, any particular part of the course? What, uh, was, what was the biggest eye-opener for the, you? The biggest um, thing was the bumps. I never, ever had imagined the bumps would be so bad because obviously you ride on the public roads like I had I'd done for years, um, from 250s all the way up to 1,000s I'd ridden on street bikes, but you never ride obviously on a street at that speed. Um, it's not that this place is more bumpy than roads I ride on at home in Australia. It's just that I've never ridden these corners and these bumps at that, that speed. speed. And it's just like it's, the bike's become so violent underneath you. And at first I thought, there's something wrong with the bike. You know, I mean, it's, it's so, you know, so violent the way it's trying to pull out from, in, from your hands. And then you're like, well, then, you, then your conscious mind sort of thinks, well, no, it's just the speed. It's the sheer speed of the, going over these bumps, which is making the bike handle um, out of character. And... Um, and the other thing was, is the speed, the perception. Like, the, it just feels like you've been shot out of a cannon. Everything's just coming at you so quick. And it's just so hard to process. It's like your eyes can see it. And then to, for your eyes to then turn that into material that your brain can, can digest, it's, it just doesn't happen quick enough. Mm-hmm. And, like, you're just thinking, oh, I, need, I, need, I just need time to chill out. You know, <laughs> the, the evening time when your practice is finished, you're like, oh. You know, there's so much information that you're trying to absorb it, and it's just—it's like as if the the filter's clogged. You know, it doesn't—it doesn't get in quick enough. Yeah. So it's just that processing speed is so fast, and you can't—you just there's nothing like it. That was that was the things that stood out. But and and you know what? They still stand out. You know, as soon as and I'm sure, and I, I'm spoken to the riders here this week, and having two years off, they've endured that same process, reliving that process again. Because when you first head off, even when you've got years and years of experience there's nothing that can prepare you for that speed and that that processing speed you have to be able to achieve is the story over josh brooks hasn't ridden around the tt course for a little while is the story finished is it put to bed or is there still a twinkle in your eye no there's there will always be a twinkle as long as i'm like riding motorcycles i want to be taking part in this it's so selfish though you know it's hard because the only person really getting any joy and fun out of it is you riding around and everybody else is suffering wait wondering where you are what section of the track you're on are you safe are you upright is the bike running okay is it is it you know all these worries and then when you get back then they're just they're just 
you hope they're just glad that you got back. You know, they, no one ever really gets the the return on the investment that you do. You know, so it's only you. Which, which racing is already uh, selfish. You know, or, mm -hmm. or sorry, sport is already selfish. Um, and this is the most high level of selfishness you can you can you can get. I think so. Um, I'll, I'll still always want to do it. Uh, and I think people look, always ask me like, as in. It was my choice not to be here. Like I've said, oh, I've, I've done that and I've walked away. But any year, since the first year I came here, I've wanted to do it. And it took a few years of persuasion before I actually got to become a newcomer and take part. And every year I haven't done it since is because um, the opportunity hasn't presented itself. Either the team I've ridden for in BSB hasn't allowed me to do um, a roads ride mm -hmm. um, separate to them or they haven't wanted to do one themselves. Or if they have um, done it themselves, I haven't been included in that in that project. Or there's always been a, been a reason. Or they've got a fantastic sponsor that wants to support us greatly for BSB. But if you want to do the TT, when we're not really motivated by that, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's not a big enough exposure or not a long enough period of time to see the returns on the investment. I don't know the details, but it's always been because of the, you know, the, the financial side of racing and things like that that have stopped me from being able to to get a position. You competed the Northwest 100 this year with your PBM uh, Paul Bird's Ducati. Yep. Was there never any sniff or chance that you were going to be lining up here? Yeah, there, there was. There was definitely talk of it um, when when the um, the change with Michael leaving the the project had come along. Um, the the first co the first conversations were um, Northwest NTT. And then all of a sudden, the TT got dropped out of the conversation, and it was just like about the Northwest. And I was kind of like raising an eyebrow, going, "Well, where's the TT bit in in this conversation gone?" You know. But I just think it's the the financial um, costs um, that are extra to mm. do this this period. Um, you know, Ducatis aren't cheap motorbikes to to run, so to add all this extra cost to what's already a, a full British Superbike Championship campaign. Um, needed extra funding, you know, and um, I think what Michael had, the, the package that Michael had with his decisions, uh, with his, um, you know, project to do the, the two, um, had its own sponsorship uh, attached. Um, so with him departing from the project meant the, that, that, that financial injection was no longer there, so it had to come from somewhere else. And at short notice, um, there wasn't an option to get someone to jump onto that sort of level and um, the, the, the budget the team had to run BSB is already sort of maxed out. So it can't be just, you can't just bolt that onto the yeah. side and go, oh yeah, we can absorb that sort of cost. It's just, it's just too much. You know, there's a lot, of, a lot of financial commitment involved. So it just became too financially difficult to achieve. Um, so it had to be kind of pushed to the side. So you're here as a fan this week and yeah. you've been here all week. Yeah. What has been your highlight so far as a fan? Uh, it's I couldn't narrow it down to one highlight. I mean, we, like I said, we get on the enduro bikes and we head off on the in, infield. So we get up in the morning, and I say we because there's normally a group of us, yeah. depending on which day it was, there's different people come and go um, for what days they can get off work and stuff like that. So there's a group of us, and we bring over the enduro bikes, and we get across the track before roads close and then head off on the infield, you know, and maybe um, drop down to the end of Kronkavodi and watch a few laps there and then get back on the bikes and head off and then come back down at um, uh, Balath Bridge or mm -hmm. Bagaro or, you know, I mean, there's there's loads of, um, of places. And, you know, we're enjoying the riding, the enduro riding, the off-road stuff, in between the viewing of, of each um, of each practice session or, or race during this week. Where's your favourite place? 
spectating so far, and I'm asking you this really because I haven't watched very much at all. You know, it's yeah. I the place that's um, that shocked me the most, and this it wasn't this year. It was um, it was the last time we we're here in '19. I, I watched for the first time at the bottom of Bagara, and um, when the when the bikes come through, I was like, whoa! I was pulling all sorts of faces and like like thinking, ah, oh, you know, it looks it looks like the bike's about to like kind of belly Explode. out, and you know, the everything looks like it's at stress point. You know, and, and that's how it looks um, for sure. And uh, the guy, you know, the, the other fans that were at the fence are like looking at me thinking, oh, what's up with you, you know what I mean? And I says, oh, I, said, I can't believe how quick these guys are going. You know, obviously it doesn't look like that when I go through. And the guy sort of looked at me, he goes, well, how do you think it looks? You know, <laughs> and no disrespect to the people on the track at that point, but, it, you know, let's say the guy was a sort of a, a top 20 um, mm-hmm. competitor and he, go, and he goes, and he flies through and, you know, sparks might have even flew off something that, that scraped the ground and... He's just he's he's top twenty. You know what I mean? You 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 were top sort of you finished top five. Yeah. So you had to be doing at least that and more. So <laughs> yeah. that definitely was the same as how you went through. I sort of just turned my head and thought, no, it can't be quite. <laughs> it, it just looks so wrong <laughs> to see the to see a bike in so many shapes and and come out the other side safely. It's a just, lot of riders it, are like that. That really shocked me from the from the outside. Like but you, Steve, standing there on the start line, when the bikes go past, you're like flipping egg. How can they do that? But you're on the bikes and you feel so in control and it and it you can process it yeah. all and it, it's a completely different experience, yeah. I guess. But I've sort of become, uh, I mean, because I've spent so many years uh, spectating as well as competing, I've kind of, um, the uh, the thrill of, of being at the side has lost its sort of, its, its peak, you know what I mean? I've sort of watched so many times at so many places it's not a new experience. Mm-hmm. So what I love is when we bring someone new to the track, and and you know, it, it, like you know, it might be a, a someone coming through outside of the top twenty. So they're not particularly the fastest guy on track, but it's the first person they've seen come through that section, and they just think, oh, and you see the look on their face, and they they stand back <laughs> from the from the fence or wherever you are, and they just and you see them sort of shudder a bit, and they just they can't believe it. And I, I like that too. I like watching other people's um, reaction of of how much uh, thrill they get, you know what I mean? I'm not getting that raw, raw um, emotion for the first time anymore, but I'm watching other people go through that sensation and that's, that's good. And if you tried to explain that to someone though, you could never explain what that feeling's like until you come and you stand there on that track and experience it. E- exactly, and this is what I say to people all the time, like you don't have to be um, a motorcycle fan to enjoy the Isle of Man TT. You, you, you can be a fan of cricket and come here and, and, and enjoy it and respect it and understand it and see it and yeah it's just it's just it's just so raw what I love about it is it's it's the things that are the same from the 1900s you know what I mean like um, they haven't they haven't completely um, revamped every aspect that that, that they can it's, it's some stuff is still so raw like it's a public road you know what I mean obviously we can't change that we you would but we wouldn't want to change it you know what I mean no. I think that's I think that's what makes it so special is that you know, people are driving down the road to get to work or get home from work and there's a bus pulling up and then, you know, there's motorcycles and it's all happening and then all of a sudden everybody just get out of the way a little while so we can race our bikes yeah. around and then when that's all done, we'll just get back on with life again. You know, I mean, it's just, if it's you so try to do that anywhere it's brilliant. Else, it's so, it there's so many happen. things about it that it's, it's just, it's just ideal and you, and you wouldn't want to change and I hope it doesn't change. It's like the perfect storm, isn't it, really? Mm. So who has been, uh, who's impressed you the most this, this, this week watching out there? Um, that's hard because you don't want to miss somebody out. But um, Davy Todd stood out. He's been doing been doing good. Not that I didn't think he would do good, but he's he's stood out as in um, consistently strong yeah. in all the categories. Um, 
Uh, I'm trying to think who stood out. I mean, they're all doing they're all doing brilliant. I mean, yeah. I feel like if you start reeling off names, then you got to reel off everybody Every, yeah. for all their different attributes. You know, yeah. but um, it's difficult. I think you know, uh, Connor. Connor did a fabulous job. Oh, know, in that Superstock in, race, yeah, incredible. incredible. But I, I thought Connor was going to do um, a good job even before the week started. I just thought, you know, he's. Um, everyone else has spent two years away. He lives here, so and he's always been um, a master at the knowledge of the track anyway, mm-hmm. and he always rides so smooth. And I just thought that this would be the perfect year for him to, to shine, and um, and he did that perfectly in the in the Superstock race. Um, but then, you know, I thought, I don't, you know, obviously, obviously other circumstances come into play with, with with the Ironman TT. So we don't know what would have happened in the opening Superbike race had it. Had it, had he been able to carry on? Well, yeah, that's it. Yeah, we might have seen him him, him take the win, but at least he's going to take a lot of confidence into that senior with what he achieved on that last lap. What was it, 133? 33, something, you know, and, it, and just look what he said there, obviously, with the TT course, so many different things come into it when it comes down to the results anyway. And, you know, Connor's been getting on the podium now since 2009, 13 years, mm. and never stood on that top step. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And he's fast enough to, you know, it's just, yeah, I was, um, circumstances. I was uh, slightly gutted yesterday with um, Michael going out yeah. of the of the twin race because oh, it was just shaping up to be an awesome finish, you know. Yeah. And um, and I think Michael's uh, shown character in his race craft. You know what I mean? Like he hasn't been uh, from practice. Um, he hasn't shown that he's been pleased with the perfect setup or, or the perfect run through practice or everything being. But when it comes to the race, he puts all that to the side and goes, "We're here to," as he said, "We're here to boogie." You know, he's yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, he'll, he'll, he, he's getting on with it in the race. So that was that was I was really enjoying the Super Twins race yesterday, and yeah. I absolutely gutted not not because I prefer one or the other to win, but just the the, the thrill had, had been dropped from that that last um, lap. So don't forget, by the time people are listening to this, it'll be it'll be senior day probably, with four laps down from six laps because of the reduced um, scheduling. We've still got a super sport race to get in and the sidecar race, but I really want to focus on that senior. Firstly, Steve, how do you think four laps is going to affect the riders compared to a six-lap race? Well, if you'd have asked me this before kind of the last few races, I'd have had a different opinion because Pete Hickman always starts off really slowly. Not really slow, but obviously starts off slower and builds up during a race. Um, However... You know, he's had to, the last couple of races, he's had to really dig deep and fire off the line from the, from the word go. So I really don't know. It's obviously only one pit stop, uh, which is all part of the race as well when things are so tight. So I think, I think Hickman will have it in hand, I really do, as long as there's no breakdowns. And Josh, how do you think that'll affect them? The fact that they have only got those, you haven't got six laps to get into it. You haven't got one lap just to settle yourself and get into it. Like Steve said, you've got to be going from the gun. I think the idea of having a, a lap of where you can just settle into it is long gone. You know I mean, the t- you if, think, you've got to, yeah. if you've got to win the race, you've got to. You've, and like you said, like Peter does seem to like take a little second to to build up to his his peak performance. But even Peter's version of a bit slow building up is still faster than most others. So mm. let's take out the idea that people will go steady on the first lap. Yeah. Everyone's going for it from the first lap. So I think, um, and I think whether it's Two laps, four laps, six laps, eight laps. I, I think you're still 
have that same period of time. It's a it's a two lap stint, and then we'll come in for the for the fuel and tires, and mm-hmm. then we've got a two lap stint, and then we come in for the. And you do every area of your race. Well, at least I did. Like people would say, oh, you need a pit board so you can control the race. Well, I'm going to go as quick as I can anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Whether I'm down by ten seconds or I'm ahead by ten seconds, I'm going as quick as I dare go. You know yeah. what I mean? And this is the thing that comes up all the time. Oh, well, you don't ride a hundred percent around the Isle of Man TT. Yes, you do. <laughs> you ride a hundred percent of what you're willing to go to. Yeah. My hundred percent might not be the same as your hundred percent but we're still riding at our hundred percent yeah because if there was a bit more we would go a bit more no one rides in their comfort zone ever you know what i mean it's there, there isn't thrill at riding in your comfort zone it's only becomes exciting when you get outside of your comfort zone yeah. so you're always you're always riding i think at a hundred percent it's just what what you consider is acceptable as a hundred percent and um so I, I don't really think well, obviously, four laps is going to have an effect on the race as opposed to six, but I can't predict how that four laps is going to be any different. Um, because in, in that case, give me your top three. Oof. Straight in there. Bang. Oof. Um, no pressure. Oh, <laughs> it's hard, it's hard, it's hard. Um, so obviously, I mean, I, I say obviously, Peter's Peter's a strong candidate. You know what I mean? It's, it's proven, right? So Peter's got to be one of them. Um, but then it gets difficult, right? Because I think um, Michael's going to finish the the week stronger than he started it, um, but he hasn't shown the strength on the superbike that he's that he has in the other categories. So that's sort of like a, a maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, Davy was. David Todd was running so well in the opening superbike race before he had the, uh, the the problems and had to stop. Yep. So I think he's um, going to be right in there for a chance. And then Connor's done a fantastic job in that super stock. So if he carries that sort of performance into the into the senior, um, it, it, he's going to be frightening fast. And then of course you know Dean, he's like that consistent element that's always there. You know what I mean? Um, and then. I, I'm just I'm sort of baffled for where I, where do I go? I mean, from does here, he always you know? talk? Does he never give you a straight answer either? No, but see, there's, <laughs> but, but see, I'm trying to I'm trying to justify my lack of of, of commitment by my you confusion the, by the, the, the details the because yeah, because anyone could win it. Anyone, it's really really tight. I mean, what what does your heart want though? What would you like to see that podium look like? <sighs> I'm friends with um, Dean, so I'd like to see Dean mm-hmm. um, on the podium. At, at minimum, my my brain's telling me Peter's a strong um, candidate. So you, it's a f- you find it hard to look past Peter unless there's some sort of mechanical or something like mm-hmm. that. So then, oh, so then I'm less with you know. At the moment, I'm thinking Davy, and I'm, I'm sorry if I you know the other the others that are there are strong as well, and I haven't haven't already mentioned them. But um, you know, I'm thinking. Uh, I'm, I'm tied between. Um, shit, I don't know. I'll say <laughs> this is some <laughs> prediction. Isn't it? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Connor. I'm gonna say Connor, right? So Dean, so Peter, Dean, Connor, right? Okay. Pete, uh, Steve, what's yours? I, I got all sweaty. I got all sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> Struggling. <laughs> You're probably more yeah. nervous than yeah. they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when you make a statement... You don't want to upset anybody like as well, yeah. yeah. D- Dean's, on, obviously, you know, Dean's in a different predicament because we saw from the Supersport race, he's now using Metzler's, uh, so he's changed brand, and he hasn't ridden around the TT course this year on, on their tyres, mm-hmm. so I think he'll come out all guns fire, and I really do, which may 
change the outcome of the race a little bit. Um, I haven't answered your question, I don't know. Not at all. Um, but I'm going to go Hickey, David Todd, Dean. Oh, really? Yep. So if that's the case, that means that, that Davey has, has had to step up another level to where he's at right now because he's there or thereabouts. Mm. But it feel, you know how they... I think he's already shown that from the open and laps of the of mm. the I guess so. Race. Yeah. I he guess has got it in, in the package yeah, he's just there. he's just doing it into he's yeah. just actually putting that final well, he's, jigsaw he, he's piece. He's doing it. It's just it's just getting it for the for the yeah. full distance, you know. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, Doris, come on. What's yours? <sighs> I was on a podcast earlier, and my heart says David Todd. I want David Todd to win it. Um, Pete and Dean have had plenty of wins between them, so I'd love to see David do it. Do you know what I'd love to see? And this is he'll not listen to this, so it doesn't matter. Glenn Irwin. What I don't win? know. No, oh, not, no a win, not a win, not a win, not a win. But one or two mechanicals, and he could easily make the podium. I don't think he's going to do it on sheer speed just yeah. yet. But I think, he, you know, with a few like yeah, mechanicals I, or I things think like don't, that. I think don't uh, encourage that kind of uh, Like I say, he doesn't listen to this. He doesn't listen to it. Yeah, it's fine. He and we spoke to him about this yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. I, I, got, I did get a few comments he on Facebook. He listens to me. What? He listens to me. <laughs> well, he don't listen so you're going to go and tell him he's got a podium on the cards. <laughs> hey, listen, just to change the subject slightly. What about, what is the chances of Vicky doing five wins this week? I think it's highly likely. There's potentially could do... I never even thought of that. Done three. Obviously, yeah. he's got two lap super sport and the four lap uh, super bike. Will he equal Hutch's record? But here's the thing. and I think Michael's too strong on the super sport to beat him at the moment. Yeah. It's not because, yeah... I. Not because I don't think it's possible. And it's I absolutely possible. I think Lee Johnson will be a lot stronger and Davey on the oh Super right, Sport. Yeah. So he's got a lot of competition in that one, hasn't Lee's he? Lee's really struggling with his eyes, though, isn't he? I've, I had an interview with him after the... Who's struggling with their eyes? Lee, with, with pollen in his eyes. Oh, right, okay. He's, like, he's really struggling to see properly, so he's, he's not been able to, to ride full, full, full tilt. So whether that'll affect him or not. Um, but here's the thing, though. If Pete does... Is it the same achievement that Hutchie did? Because Hutchie won every race there was to win, right? Whereas Pete, there's more races in this one to win. I don't think that robs it of any status. I'm just saying. I do, have you spoken to Pete? Is he thinking about that? Is that on his mind? Of course it is, yeah. Okay. He'll say not, but it is. It Pete's now won every class. Yeah. Super yeah. Twin, Super Sport, Super Stock. I didn't see him in the sidecar. Um, <laughs> well, no, <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Fair, fair point. Fair point. Can you imagine Pete trying to get in a sidecar? Oh, I think mm. he's tall enough to be able to do it all himself. Yeah, like stick so. a leg out the back. <laughs> yeah, every solo. No, I every, see. I see. Every solo. Yeah. You know. Uh, see, I'd never even, I'd never even considered it. Um, the idea of trying to win a certain number of races in a week. Yeah. Something, I think it, yeah, until you just said it then, I hadn't even even crossed my mind. I think it's because Hutchie did it in 2010, wasn't it? 2010, yeah, won them all. But that's yeah. it, he won every single every single race there was to race, right? There wasn't anything else to win. Is that right? Was there six races back then or not? Or was there only five and he won every single Side one? Sidecar accepted. Apart, apart, apart from sidecar, sorry. I think we've just a way off topic. Let's bring it back to the senior. We've all made our predictions. I suppose all we really want is dry weather and safe action and get all the boys home. And then look forward to uh, this, the podcast with the senior TT winner, whoever that might be. Josh, it's been an absolute pleasure. No, the Thanks. pleasure's mine. I'm, um, no, I'm no, enjoying mine. the, the chat, and I'm glad. I'm hope uh, my my two fans um, tune in and listen. 
But if they're true fans, they'd know all this stuff. About One of them's already. been listening already. Yeah. <laughs> She's already heard it all, and um, and Steve's part of your part of the podcast. So yeah, both of them were here listening. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks, mate. I hope we see you back here. Yeah, I, I hope really so. do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. Steve, do you want to change your decision on that senior? Get out. You know I'm right. Okay, fair enough. We'll see.